With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Listening to us on fantastic radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 in the Midlands, Sports Radio 100.1 The Fan in Florence, and 920 AM in Manning. Good to have you here on the program today. And if you weren't a part of the show Friday, last week we had former Clemson Tiger Patrick Sapp on the program. And Patrick's got a unique role at Clemson University right now in the uh, major gifts department uh, and alumni relations. And I want to play a little bit of that interview for you here on the show to get us out of the gates as I thought it was a really good take on so many wonderful things that are going on in Clemson and also Patrick Sapp's thoughts on the current situation. Here's a portion of that interview for you on the show that shakes the Southland. We're excited to be joined by former Clemson Tiger quarterback and linebacker Patrick Sapp. It's not every day, Patrick, that we say former quarterback and linebacker, but welcome into the show, my man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I think you're doing a great job. Just want to give you those kudos, man, up front. I think your show is excellent. Uh, and I like the perspectives that you bring to your show and to your audience. So glad to be on. Glad to share a little bit. Well, you know, talking about sharing, you've been able to give back to Clemson University in your role as director of major gifts and alumni relations and uh, through your time playing uh, the game. It, it, it obviously – yeah, this university means a lot to you. When you first came up from Florida to be a football player at Clemson, did you foresee that you could spend you know virtually your entire life back in Tigertown and raising a family? <laughs> I had no idea that I would be back up in the upstate. Uh, I had a great time as a student athlete and, and being at Clemson, but going out and playing out in California professionally and you know, I didn't graduate before I got drafted. So uh, I came back to graduate. Uh, Clemson fortunately offered me a couple of jobs and, and major gifts was one of those. And uh, I've never left. So it's it's been good. It's been, uh, it's been a, a home for me. And uh, I really love this area of the country. You know, watching this program's rise under Coach Dabo Swinney, I think it's achieved the the type of success that you certainly wanted when you got there. I certainly wanted to see when I was at Clemson. 
from the former player and student perspective, what has it been like to see this monumental uh, amount of success in the rise in college football? Man, it has been awesome. Uh, it's been a, a fun ride for me uh, because when I came back, you know, Tommy Bowden was, was, was still at Clemson and Dabo was kind of uh, taking over a year or two after I was working at Clemson. But just to, to know him personally, uh, to be a friend of his and to see him grow and evolve into the coach that he has become, but bringing the program uh, from – I have to be honest, I did not think we would be here as a program. Uh, I thought it would take a long time. It, it wasn't a, a quick turnaround, but we're on top of the football world, man. And that's uh, that's unbelievable to me. And the witness two championships uh, under Dabo Sweeney, uh, somebody that I'm glad it, it was him to, to do it. But he has been tremendous. It has impacted uh, – Clemson financially, I mean, in a way that we probably can't even imagine, uh, but also just the students, the student body, the applications. I mean, the football has impacted so much on that university that uh, it's hard to, to fathom and wrap your head around how important uh, well, it, success has been to Clemson. Yeah, and you're a kid. You, you grew up, you know, down in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Miami through the 80s is a, a dominant program. Florida State through the uh, late 80s and 90s is a dominant program. Florida's winning national titles. And now to have your university, even though you left your home state, for Clemson to be where they are, not just winning a couple of national titles, but the consistency of being in the college football playoff every year, uh, all of those things. Do you uh, do you hear from some guys maybe from your home state or, or players that you knew that played at other schools and, and recognize exactly from their perspective what Clemson's become? I'll put it this way. Yes, I, I have. And I rub it in on a lot of my friends that played at <laughs> Florida State because in the 90s, as you know, Florida State was, in my mind, was, was like Clemson is right now. I mean, they were just so talented and so dominant as a team uh, that you knew you weren't going to beat those guys during that time. But, uh, yeah, and, and every year, man, I get five or six guys, friends, uh, people that I know I play with in the NFL around the country that, that uh, call me to come to a Clemson game. You know, everybody wants to come to a home game here now which is, is special. But uh, and when they do come, and I invite some every year, there are with just the fans, the tailgating, the atmosphere, uh, and just the, the program. So it, Clemson is a, is a great place to be right now. He's the director of Major Gifts and Alumni Relations, Patrick Sapp, here on Clemson Sports Talk today. I mentioned former quarterback and linebacker you you also played some basketball at Clemson so you know everybody was all hyped up on Isaiah Simmons this past year and, and his versatility let's talk about my man Patrick Sapp you when you were on campus I mean to be able to to do the things that you were doing uh, is so unique in sports in, in general especially in today's era I don't know why we don't see it more often but uh, when you look back on that, it's kind of a, a it's kind of something that's sort of vanished from sports. Everybody's so specialized these days. Yeah, and I think I mean I have a 16 year old right now that that's playing football and basketball, uh, and you're right. I think it starts at such an early age now with with technology and just training and and training coaches and and position trainers that everything is so specialized now where kids aren't playing a lot of different sports. 
for me, in my mind, I guess I was just stubborn or, or different. I honestly, through junior high school, felt like I would go to college and play two sports. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, and through the recruiting process, I looked at schools uh, and considered the schools that would, would allow me to play both from the beginning. And that's just kind of how uh, I approached things. But I didn't think it was different during that time. But you're right. You know, you don't really see that anymore. Uh, I tell you what, it, you know, college blew by by doing both sports. Uh, yeah. I didn't really have a life outside of sports, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't change it. I had a great time playing for Rick Barnes and uh, and that staff that first year at Clemson. Uh, and I tell you what, that's a he's a basketball coach. I mean, he's a football coach coaching basketball. Rick Barnes <laughs> is a he was a tremendous coach. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable to still see him uh, getting the job done up at Tennessee and. Uh, you know, I think back to how ex- the excitement that he brought to that basketball program, sort of the the same excitement that Dabo Sweeney uh, brought to the Clemson football program, just an energy and an enthusiasm, a young coach. Uh, would you say that that's a, a fair comparison between those two guys? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Coach, during that time, Coach Barnes had a different style, but <laughs> he was – uh, it was it was a lot of f bombs and a lot of a bombs and all kinds of stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, Coach Sweeney is not that way at times, most of the time. But yeah, definitely the energy uh, that they bring. Uh, I think um, you know Dabo and being around him, he is such a messenger. Uh, he's such a culture builder uh, that he understands it and he gets it, and he he figure out ways on a daily basis to to dial these young dial these young men in. And I think that to me that's the toughest job any coach can have, especially in collegiate athletic or high school, is how do you focus your kids daily? And I think that's what that's his strength. I think that's what makes him as good as he is. Uh and you combine that with his passion and his this genuine uh, personality and love to really want these young men to be successful. Uh, it's just a great, great combination. And I think that is so uh, ingrained and married with the culture of Clemson uh, that it fits. So when people visit, when parents hear his message, uh, they send their kids to Clemson. Patrick Sapp on the show that shakes the Southland. Patrick, Dabo Swinney obviously did not grow up as a, a, a black male in our society. And, you know, he's spoken out several times uh, on the uh, injustices that we've seen across the country. And I, I've said to my listeners and, and the critics of Coach Sweeney that it is extremely difficult for anybody to try to put themselves in someone else's shoes. As a matter of fact, I would say it's, it's impossible. What has been your reaction uh, to the the few the the two major statements that Dabo Sweeney has made, and do you think people were maybe uh, unfairly critical of, of what he? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Said, I think so, so my my take on it is exactly what you said. It would be hard for me to articulate at every level, uh, you know, <clears throat> the way that you grew up or or things that you've experienced. Even right. though I could try, even though I can talk with compassion, uh, even though I can be speaking from my heart, does not necessarily mean that I will get it all right because I, I, I haven't experienced that. And I think that's, that's where, you know, Coach Sweeney came from with his statements is he was understanding it from his point of view. He was, he was speaking from his heart, his gut, his soul, which he always do. Um, and he's not going to hit every point. And I think that's where we learn. I think that's the era where we can all learn from one another. Uh, but I commend uh, his honesty, and I commend him him trying to to do that. And I think he did a a, a good job from his point of view uh, of things. Um, and he's been around a lot of these young men. He and he didn't grow up. He didn't grow up with a you know with a silver spoon in his mouth. He worked for every right. aspect of it. And I think he's one of the few, uh, like a lot of us, have lived every level of life there is to live uh in this country and now he's at the at the highest but when it comes to his position when you're at the, i mean you he's at the top of his game man. and so anything that he says is going to go through with a fine two cone and i think that you're always going to get some criticism of what you say regardless of how good it is you know or how it resonates with uh, as many people, you're not going to satisfy everybody. And I think that goes along with it. I think coach understands that, uh, he's been, in, he's been in this business a long time. Uh, so I don't think it affects him as much as, uh, as people are talking about because he understands that it comes with the job, it comes with the territory of being a leader. Uh, but I'm glad he did speak up. I'm glad uh, he is having a conversation with his with his players. Uh, I do think he has played a role in all of this because of his position and where he is. Uh, and, you know, he lead a lot of our young black men uh, being their coaches uh, and mentors. So, yes, I love to see him speak. I'm glad he's a part of it uh, because it is going to take all of us to to really have an impact and a change on what's going on right now. Dabo Sweeney talked about creating generational change for not just uh, the young black men on his team, but all the players that are in this program. And he also said that when he was first hired, he didn't want to create a football program. He wanted to create a player relations program. From that standpoint, what have you seen you know, personally being right there uh, that's really kind of made this program turn into the monster that it's become from that standpoint of being about player relationships? Man, it is, I'll tell you what, it's been a huge stride under him. Uh, and, and I, 
And I commend him again. He's he's a great leader because he understood he needs to hire folks like Jeff Davis, Jeff Davis, uh, Woody McCorvey, uh, that he hired from the from the beginning as a, as a mentor, being a young coach. Uh, and those guys have been tremendous to just being around uh, Jeff Davis on a daily basis. Uh, and I can count out some kids that I that I've seen coming to the program as this freshman, young, immature, that left as a grown man that you would hire and run a company and, and just come to mind, you know, who's working at Clemson right now, Travis Blank, uh, yeah. tremendous, tremendous person. Uh, Rashad Hall, you know, another tremendous, strong, strong brother that uh, that I commend. JKJ, that's, that's in Greenville, is doing business now. Uh, but he speaks into their lives and he, he touches them every day with a message, with an example uh, that is not always football related. And I think he, he understands that point that he understands it's about total life. He understands that football is a, is a lesson, is a tool to teach with and through. And, oh, by the way, let's have fun doing it. Let's win championships. Let's win games. But football is, is a life lesson that if you learn it, if you listen, pay attention, uh, it will be effective in your life, the rest of your life. Uh, and that's his approach. Uh, that's how he's built the program. And that's why it's sustaining. You know, you, you don't see the up and downs because the message is consistent and clear. Uh, the way they run the program is consistent and clear uh, and is resonating uh, with his players. There you go, Patrick Sapp here on the show that shakes the Southland. That was from last Friday. The full interview, which was about 45 minutes long, uh, is uh, going to be over on our website. And also you can catch the podcast of Friday's show as well. Uh, lots, to, you know, lots to get to here. And, and I know that these are uh, unique times for us all. And uh, I, I thought this weekend's events in Clemson from uh, Dabo Sweeney speaking, which we'll play for you coming up here on the program in just a little bit, to Trevor Lawrence and Darian Rencher, Cornell Powell and Mike Jones Jr. Uh, leading uh, that march for change at Clemson was was a, a great moment, an opportunity for those football players to, to show that they are much more than that and that uh, you know 3,000 some odd people coming together for that event was was really awesome. So Again, just kind of watching it all unfold. I know that it's it's never going to be easy. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, for a while here on this program. But uh, I think you are beginning to see some very positive uh, things taking place. There's still a lot of bad out there, you know. There, and the other thing that's really sad, and I, I see this and I hear this from people that I talk to. There, there's still there's a lot of of a lot of hate, a lot of anger. Um, that exist on on both sides of these arguments. And so I, I think back to my buddy Joel and the things that, that he did the other day by stopping and, and just telling two gentlemen that he didn't know, two gentlemen didn't look like him, I love you. And I, I really think, you know, we talk about it a lot. We talk about the power of love and and what that can do. Um, we, we We can't be so divisive. I don't mind if you're divisive in sports. I like the fact that the South Carolina Gamecocks, you know, are your arch enemies, are your arch rivals. I like the fact that the guy that you work with, you can rib him at the water cooler 
about their terrible season and how great Clemson's been. I like it that when the shoe's on the other foot, he can do the same thing to you. Uh, sports has always been our getaway uh, to a degree. And so from that standpoint, I, I recognize how much value sports gives us uh, it, humanity, you know, as humans. Uh, just those types of conversations and, and, and stuff. But, yeah, Coach Sweeney had some powerful words this past weekend. We'll hear those. I tried to trim those up as much as I could, take out some of his some of his uh, long pauses and even some of the, the – the clapping I didn't remove, but I tried to uh, trim some of that back as well. But we've got that audio coming up for you here on the show in just a little bit, plus Trevor, uh, Darian Rencher. Clemson's greatest games this past weekend, that 2016 matchup between Deshaun Watson and and uh, Clemson, who was ranked number five at the time, and number three, Louisville, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, did you see that this weekend? Give us your thoughts. It'll come to us here on the show. You can also text us, 803-450-0086. We'll take a look at those uh, things as well. I thought it was well done. I, I cheated. I watched it twice this weekend. I told you I was going to watch the first one and then watch the second one. I didn't do that. I, I just found myself saying, you know what? I'm going to watch the one that comes out twice. <laughs> That's what I did last week. That's what I did this week. And, and again, a fantastic uh, production. Looking forward to next week as well. And on Friday, we'll have our buddy Richmond Weaver back on to preview it uh, here on the show that shakes the Southland. So we're going to hit a quick break. We'll come back with Dabo Sweeney's comments over the weekend. Stay with us here on the show that shakes the Southland. Sports on Instagram at Clemson Sports Talk, and that's your website as well, unless you hate typing in which you can type ClemsonRadio.com and get there. Over the weekend, a crowd of nearly 3,000 students, uh, faculty, staff, athletes, and fans joined in the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration in March for Change, led by Darian Rencher, Trevor Lawrence, Mike w- Mike Jones Jr., and uh, Cornell Powell. But Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney was one of the speakers. And here's some of the thoughts that Dabo Sweeney had to say about the event and about what these young student-athletes had organized on campus. Clemson is a special place. And we saw, again, why that is today. This is a historic time and a challenging time. But as I tell my team all the time, challenge is what creates change. I believe with all my heart that God stopped the world in 2020 so we would have perfect vision and clearly see the social and racial injustices and the changes that need to occur in our society. Nobody, nobody should feel less or be treated as less because of the color of their skin. God loves every single one of us the same. Black lives more than matter. Black lives significantly matter and equally matter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And for far too long, that has not been the case for the black community. And now is the time to push for equal justice and no longer tolerate police brutality or racism of any kind in this country. But as you saw today and moving forward, it has to be every, everyone's responsibility, not just some people's responsibility. It has to be everybody's responsibility to be more aware, to learn more, and to speak out against racial inequality. United we stand, divided we fall. To move forward and to make this world and country better, we have to find a way to do this. We have to find a way to unify and to bring people together. And to do that, we must spread love and respect, kindness, forgiveness and grace, lots of forgiveness and grace. We have to be able to disagree but not be disagreeable. We have to understand that people are per not perfect, people have differences, and that people go through things differently. But I believe that the majority of this country are reasonable people and will work to unify. There is no hope for a better yesterday, a better last year, a better last 200 years. But there is hope in the future, and for me, that comes from my faith in Christ. And because of that hope, I know that the best is yet to come. And it's also my hope that somehow, someway during this time, that we will have a spiritual awakening in this country. Because I believe that that's where true heart change takes place. But first, we must understand, we must learn, and we must listen. And to understand, we have to put the effort forth to learn. And to learn, we have to listen. We can't change history, but we can learn from it. And there are certain things that we should no longer glorify or honor or celebrate in this year of 2020. And I'm embarrassed to say that there's things on this campus that I didn't really understand. I knew the basics, but not the details. But I've learned and I've listened. Two of our best players had the courage to speak out, along with so many beautiful students on this campus, about their concerns, their feelings about buildings on this campus. Newt Hopkins will always be remembered for his amazing career and fourth and 16. And Deshaun Watson will always be remembered for his fearless leadership and how he led us to our first national championship in 35 years. They both brought us a lot of joy, a lot of joy to Clemson. We should no longer expect them or our players to hear our cheers if we do not hear their cries. Actions, not the talk, but the actions that they took yesterday. But I also, I hope that those who have the power to change building names will hear the cries of those that they once cheered for and the cries of all of these beautiful Clemson students. 
There you go, Dabo Swinney, uh, just a little bit of that and all of the video over on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. If you were on Facebook this weekend, uh, you may have you may have seen this. Uh, we got the post up, you know, with our National Champions t-shirts. We're doing a giveaway. We're going to give away uh, we're going to give away a lot. I got a whole box over there, and I got I've even got some National Championship footballs and stuff we're going to be giving away this summer, but a um, couple of things on that front. Uh, three ways to really win is on that Facebook page, so go check that out. One's with liking our Facebook page, one's with sharing the post, and then also one with signing up for our newsletter. So go over there and check it out. It's really easy to do. Uh, it gives you all kind of different ways to win, but this is not. I mean, this is just the beginning of what we've got you know, to give away over on our Facebook page. Again, the website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Go check that out. Now, coming up here on the program, uh, we're going to hear a little bit from Trevor Lawrence. We'll actually hear Trevor Lawrence's whole uh, speech, and then we'll hear a little bit from Darian Rencher from this past weekend up in Tigertown. we got some NBA talk coming up. William Qualkenbush is going to be a part of the program. Uh, going to get into your thoughts on Clemson's greatest game. Still waiting to see uh, some comments come through on that front. I, and I think I, – look, I, I don't make a ton of money. Don't make a ton of money, but I'm thinking I might invest a little bit of coin in making sure that we get this show up in a different way so we can get more conversations uh, coming in on that front. Because I think right now when it gets shared, it gets spread out, and I don't see everything those of you say. I will see it, though, if you text us, 803-450-0086. It's a chilly day across the state of South Carolina here, uh, June the 15th, 2020. Stay with us. The show that shakes the Southland. Back in the day, they called it the show that shaketh the Southland. That was a long time ago, but it is here each and every afternoon, four until six o'clock in the Midlands, six until eight o'clock in the PDN, the Low Country. But we're here for you. And if you're on our website, that's fantastic. If you've never been there, go check it out if you get time. I, I would show you right now. I mean, we're about to, I'm about to play some audio here right off of the website. And boy, does it look tremendous. You won't believe how good it looks. But Trevor Lawrence and Darian Rencher both spoke this weekend uh, up in Tigertown. And, and this story's got a lot of traction uh, just from the standpoint of what the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration and March for Change uh, meant to these players and, and meant to so many people that were there supporting uh, these individuals. But uh, what was funny to me about this, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, right? Cool as a cucumber when it comes to playing college football in front of 80,000 fans in two national championship games. I mean, in, in all of these things, Trevor Lawrence just appears to be this incredibly unflappable kid, <laughs> right? And when you see and hear the, the breath, the whew, he's about to give you. Just to read a short speech, prepared words in front of people. It's amazing because this is a guy, I mean, he's in front of 85,000 people on a regular basis, spinning the magic bean up and down the field with no regard for you, you or your eyeballs tuning in. But if there's 3,000 people and 6,000 eyeballs, and he's got to read a speech, <laughs> he definitely looked uh, human. Uh, it, was, it was really awesome. Go check it out on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. But here is what Trevor Lawrence had to say uh, this weekend as well. Whew. Thank you all for coming, man. This is 
This is awesome. I think it's more than any of us even imagined when we were planning it. But um, I just want to give you all some of my thoughts and feelings and, and what I've been going through the past few weeks. So uh, the past few weeks, I've been uncomfortable. That word uncomfortable will be an important one in all of our steps and our journey to bring equality. I've learned that every truly good thing in life comes from being brave and stepping into the uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to set aside everything I know about America and listen to someone else's perspective. However, it's necessary. Recently, I've realized that America, that the America that I experience is different from the America that my brothers and sisters experience. I'm on the journey now of discovering how I can use my voice, platform, and influence to lift others up and stand for those who shouldn't have to stand alone. I've learned a lot this past month. I've learned a lot this past month. There's three main things that I'm learning. I'm learning to listen more. I'm learning that listening is usually more valuable than talking. You learn when you listen, and you begin to understand when you listen. I'm learning to try to put myself in the shoes of those who are in pain. Empathy and compassion will be vital as we take the right steps towards reconciliation. I'm also learning that love can conquer all things, and love is what will bring change. One of the most timely verses right now is 1 Peter 4.8. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. So let's continue to listen, learn, and love even when it is uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable, because this is when change happens and the world for generations to come will be different. It'll be better. So thank you guys for coming out and let this just be one of many steps in the right direction in the future. There you go. So that was Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that was Trevor Lawrence speaking. And uh, then Darren Rencher spoke and, and Rencher definitely uh, seemed, uh, more comfortable, I thought, than Trevor Lawrence, but his heart rate was up. He got a lot in there. We won't be able to play all of uh, Darian Rencher, uh, but here's some of what he had to say as well. Shorter. Let me fix this. All right. <laughs> hey, once again, I just want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Um, I just keep looking around. I've gotten teary out a bunch of times. I think I'm going to keep it together uh, during this, but this really is just beautiful. Uh, hopefully this moment, we could ball this moment up and carry it with us into our homes, our days, our, work, our workspaces and do some real change. Um, I've titled this speech, The Time America Didn't Look Away. Uh, if I got some participation, nobody, don't be too cool, but please participate in this question. If over the past three months you've attended your first protest or demonstration, would you raise your hand? My hand's raised, just like, just like you guys. Um, yeah, that's what I expected, because I'm right there with you. My hand is up. This is my first time joining this way. Uh, my first protest, I've actually been able to organize it. Kind of cool. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but at the same time, this is my first time seeing black people suffer or die um, in America. And I'm just curious. Like, I don't, I'm really curious. Why is America caring more now? Why are we caring more now? Um, and from talking to my grandmother, who's the uh, wisest lady in my life and can really cook. Uh, she lives in St. Louis. Uh, she's 76 years old, and I called her this week, and we are talking about just life and how everything's going on. She checks in all the time. I asked her, like, why do you think it's different this time? And she was like, I don't know. It just seems different this time, baby. 
And I agree. It's different this time. I'm 20. So there you go. Some words and some wise words from uh, both of those individuals. And I agree with Darian Rencher and what he said. I mean, it does, it feels different. I've kind of said that all along. I think that uh, across the board, um, we are all uh, being much more reflective, much more kind. Um, you know, and that's, that's a big part of this. Kindness. Uh, love, as Trevor Lawrence mentioned. A huge part of it. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping this show can be. I, I, I said yesterday, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I feel like the questions get changed sometimes. But I, I have not been ingrained with what I would call a fixed mindset. And I, I said this the other day, too, here on the show. I'm not just going to keep running into that wall. I have a growth mindset. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to reflect on, on myself. And that I'm, I haven't done everything that I could do. And I really believe if we can cross that bridge somehow, it's going to be positive for everybody. And that's really what we want. I, I, don't, I don't know anybody that I can think of that would say, ah, you know what, I don't want things to be more positive. <laughs> I haven't met that guy. I don't know who that person is. Even the grumpiest of the grumps would say, no, nah, you know what, I think I'd like to see things be better. And, and that's kind of what you know, my message is. Let's all be better. We had a quick break. We come back uh, and talk a little bit about the NBA. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan, Monday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland. Glad to have you all here. So the NBA, we talked about this last week and we've kind of worked towards it because it's really the league right now given what you see from Major League Baseball holy moly those guys can't get it together but the NBA is going to come back we know that we know the the situation and how it's going to be laid out and you know the ins and the outs of all the teams that are that are included in this new little I, I'm, I'm gonna call it postseason because it, it sort of is it's like a battle for the uh, the top eight, and then you've got a little tournament that's going to take place. And, uh, you know, we're going to have sports, and very few fans, if any, will be a part of it. Speaking of which, uh, I will say that over the weekend I watched a little soccer, and there was an interesting dynamic um, that I'll bring up a little bit later in the program, uh, if you'll stay with us until I can get there. But there are several players in the NBA, including Kyrie Irving, uh, in- including Dwight Howard, who, by the way, uh, shocker if you know my feelings on Dwight Howard but there are certain players in the NBA right now that feel like maybe they shouldn't go back to work because of the uh, raising awareness for the social issues that are taking place in our country and I've heard several takes Stephen A. Smith I've heard Charles Barkley talk on this and and I think these guys are all over it like your role as a player in the NBA your role is often, even though some people would tell you that you need to shut up and dribble, and I com- I vehemently disagree with that. I think every citizen has a right to their voice, no matter how big their megaphone is. As an individual, they have a right to their voice. But there comes a time where you say, okay, unless you have the answers, and unless you have the power to fix the problem, 
your sitting out doesn't do anything to raise awareness or even change anything. And I think Charles Barkley made a fantastic point of, look, these guys are going to lose money potentially if they do this. And it could be from advertisers. It could be from you know any source. And, and, and so from that standpoint, that's money that could go back into many of those black communities, back into communities that might need support. And these are athletes that are positioned to do those things. But when your stance is, hey, look, I'm not going to play because of the social issues that are going on, while you've got the masses of people raising up their voices and you've got other people saying, we hear you, we, let's work, let's figure this out. The timing of you saying, I'm going to sit at home and not work, especially, I think especially when your job is to play a sport and you get paid millions of dollars to do it, it really skews the view that so many people have of you and the expectations of why do we go watch you play a game and get paid tenfold hundredsfold more than the people sitting in the stands around you watching. And so it's not a great look. And I think these guys do need to be out there playing. It will keep the microphones open, as as Charles Barkley pointed out. LeBron James, he said, look, and this is not saying that LeBron James is, a, is, is actively a part of this, you know, wanting to sit out. But he says, LeBron James is maybe the most famous athlete in our country. And if he were to sit out, you wouldn't hear from him. You wouldn't be able to see his face. You wouldn't know what he thinks. After these ball games, these players will have opportunities to share about what happened on the court, to share about their thoughts. But honest to goodness, and, and I really agree with Stephen A. Smith, and I agree with Charles Barkley on this, if Kyrie Irving knew that he could fix the issues. And see, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we all have, really. I think everybody knows we need to do more. I think uh, everybody also struggles figuring out how you get there and what that is. But if you're Kyrie Irving, unless you can be a part of the problem or a part of the solution, which you are not, then sitting out doesn't really do anything. It doesn't raise any awareness. It just turns people off from the fact that you are making a ton of money in in a job that is a, a lot of people would desire to have. And you're certainly specialized in that craft, but sitting out doesn't raise awareness. Now, if you said, look, I'm going to sit out and I'm going to spend every day protesting, writing senators and doing those types of things or writing congressmen. And that's why I'm sitting out because I've, I've hired a staff of people and we're going to be putting together and getting our message out. And that's what my, you know, that's where my focus is. That's fine. But if you just sit out and you're just going to chill at the house and relax because you think you're bringing awareness, you're not. There's, 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 there's a big difference in, in raising awareness and being an activist. And sitting out doesn't do anything in a scenario where people are clamoring for sports and people hear the voices of the masses. The people are speaking. The people are speaking. Others are listening. Things are changing. We are moving forward. I feel it. I think a lot of you feel it. I hear it when I talk to people about what's going on. Every person seems to tell me this feels different. That means to me, if I'm Kyrie Irving or I'm Dwight Howard, my responsibility is to get back to normal as quickly as I can and raise awareness any opportunity I can. And, and even if that means when you get that microphone in front of you, before you say anything, 
say something along these lines. You know, our country's dealing with a lot right now, but I want to encourage everybody out there to make sure you're writing your Congress members, to make sure you're writing, you know, like if that's the platform and the stance he wants to take, take the advantage. You're speaking in front of millions of people. If you're sitting at home playing video games or or dilly-dallying around by the pool, you're not changing anything. You're not affecting anything. And if you're miss if you're the one or two guys that are just missing from the NBA, you're absolutely not affecting things or changing things. Because people are so hungry for sports right now, they watch marble racing. They watch I, I, my son caught me the other day watching people play cornhole for crying out loud. I mean that's where we are right now. If you want to continue to push and 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 keep change alive and you are a face like Kyrie Irving or Dwight Howard get on the basketball court play the games and 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 when the mic is hot in front of you go out there and, and share your opinions on what people need to do this is not a chance or a time to sit out we see the movement taking place around us now's a chance to get behind the microphone Bring some joy to everybody with the game, but continue to make a difference. Hour two, William Qualkenbush, right around the bend. Stay with us. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is our number two? That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Lawton Swan hanging out with you. Looking forward to catching up with our good buddy William Qualkenbush here momentarily. He hangs out with us every Monday, and you know what? I started thinking uh, as I, I began to get up with Qualk here that uh, he's probably he's probably due for a vacation pretty soon. Not a vacation from the show, but. Just from from his show, you know, and uh, our show by chance. And next week, we'll actually uh, be off the air. We're going to take a week off uh, as well. So hopefully we'll get Qualk up here uh, with you on the program. And I guess it is there's a distinct possibility that, I mean, he could be on vacation this week. He and I didn't touch bases on that front. So I guess that's also a possibility. And if he is, we'll roll along. we got plenty of content to get to here uh, on the program today. So... Again, Lawton Swan, the website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. I get the sneaky feeling that we uh, do not have Qualk's uh, phone right now, but that may mean he's on vacation. 
it's a perfect time to take one. So uh, we'll try and back in just a few minutes and see if we can go from there. But over the weekend, uh, I will say that the Clemson-Louisville 2016 game, we didn't see Qualk on there, but we did see uh, his co-host, Kelly, uh, a part of that program. And I got to admit, there was, in my estimation, uh, hearing from my buddy Mark Childress talk about this, just how you know how powerful that game was and, and how much was on the line. And this is why I kind of posed the question over on social media. And if you're watching the show or if you're participating with us, uh, you could chime in by texting us 803-450-0086 or you can message us on Twitter, give us uh, your thoughts there as well. Uh, but if you saw the last episode of Clemson's Greatest Games, what were your thoughts about it? You know, just sort of giving us your reaction because, again, this documentary is so well done. I mean, it is so well put together that I, I think as fans uh, of the Clemson Tigers, one of the things that you are recognizing is the fact that there is so much missed throughout so many seasons that you didn't get to talk about from yesteryear. And I don't know if these guys will cross a a magical threshold at some point along the way where they will be able to go back and pull up some really older archive footage of Clemson games and go get some uh, older players to come in and reminisce about the moments. I think that would be fabulous for a couple of reasons. Uh, Most notably the fact that, you know, it's one of those things I touched on the other day. There's so much that we don't have from yesteryear. And I think we've gotten a little bit spoiled by how much we do have now when it comes down to watching these games and going back and re-watching them and reliving classic moments. And so from that standpoint, it's, it, it reminds me of, of my great-grandmother and those recordings that I told you that my grandfather would make of her and how she hated it. She was blind, so he would just hit record. She would be asking half the time, are you recording this? <laughs> because, like, why else? <laughs> why else are we diving into these you know, unique conversations about what my life was like uh, when I was growing up? And so from that standpoint, it's sort of like, oh, okay, those stories are now collected. But if we don't do it now, in advance, eventually all those people are going to be gone. And I am getting a text message that Quok is on vacation. Good for you, Quok. But from the, the standpoint of getting that stuff documented, I mean, I, I had this, you know, Facebook. Facebook's a weird place to be right now. And you know the one thing I miss about not being in studio? I miss, I miss not having my, sound, my, little, my little sound bar. I need I need to get a, a little sound bar built up. I, I think I could do it. I know I could. I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to uh, one of the engineers 
and, and see if John can't help me come up with a good way to get some sound. I need some sound clips because this is a great segment for some sound clips. This is when I need some some fantastic little snippets to play here on the show. But over the weekend, as eerie as this sounds, I started thinking about Facebook and the future of Facebook. Because at some point, if we assume that Facebook is going to be around for the foreseeable future and perhaps the rest of our lives collectively, at some point, I am going to die. Breaking news. And eventually, every person I'm friends with is also going to be dead. Even people that I friend at the latter stages of my life will eventually be dead. And so at some point, there's going to be this archive of dead people and all their dead friends. <laughs> it's bad enough when one person on your friends list dies and what happens to their Facebook page and does it get archived, memorialized, or taken down. But in 150 years, you and probably every person you've been friends with on your little Facebook page will be dead. And certainly in 200 years, that'll be the case. And so what is, what is that archive going to look like and who's going to access it? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe my brain, maybe I need a break. I need sports back. <laughs> like, but from the standpoint of those archive games, folks, if you don't get the memories from the guys that were there, it becomes only speculation. I mean, it becomes only speculation. And so a prime example is what took place this weekend uh, during the, the Clemson's greatest games matchup with the Tigers in Louisville. I mean, you hear from a guy like Kendall Joseph, I mean, who's in the fire. He's playing in that game on the defensive side of the ball. Listen to this. As a defense, we were on pins and needles <laughs> because we knew it was going to take a lot of work during the week, preparation. Defense knew, okay, this is this is a big-time game, and this is my first year starting, and I'm thinking, whoo, this is big-time right here. Uh, this is going to test me. How about that? Like, you got to get that from Michael Dean Perry. You got to get that from William Perry. You got to get, you know, that level of audio from the players who were in these games from yesteryear. And and I'm going to tell you, the the guys at, at JMI Sports and 9-8 Central and Pronk Studios, Mark Childress and, and those guys, they are crushing this series. And I hope you're not missing this. By the way, Qualk just texted on vacation. So not only are Qualk's listeners looking out for you, Qualk, but Qualk now looking out for Qualk. So, you know, my from my standpoint, this is a wonderful series that's been put together. And if you haven't seen it yet, I think you got to go seek it out. I, mean, I think you absolutely have to go seek it out. Coming up this week, it's Clemson's 56 to 7 win over South Carolina back in 2016. If you're saying how is how is that? one of Clemson's greatest games. Again, the collection of matchups that they have put together for this fantastic series do not deal necessarily with the playoffs and the national championships, but it's other things along the way, including great performances, 
et cetera, et cetera. But looking at the dates on these, you're talking about a window from, I think the earliest game would be either the Maryland 56-45 game in 2011 or that Florida State game in 2011. And the most recent game would be, I guess, Clemson's win over Syracuse in 08, excuse me, in 18 that we just watched. And then the Texas A&M game that took place uh, a little bit earlier that year as well. So I think that A&M game was, what, the second or third game of the season? Clemson didn't open on the road at A&M. I think A&M opened on the road at Clemson. They, honest to goodness, they all start to run together. Uh, especially with what Clemson's done out of conference. I know they opened at Auburn a couple of years ago. That was a, a awesome, awesome environment that evening. And so from, from that standpoint, you know, I, I think it's incredibly important. I don't know who owns the rights. I don't know how that all works. But I think that if you're not looking into putting that together already, it's a mistake because those voices will be gone. And if you can get this stuff archived now and it gets on YouTube or or wherever, ultimately, if it gets online, it'll be there for for the long haul. And maybe that doesn't matter to the kids of the future. Maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe that's that's me being 43 and and being somewhat, uh, you know, somewhat reminiscent on the past to a degree, but... Golly, don't don't you think it would be awesome today to have a guy like Frank Howard or a guy like Banks McFadden or you know just I mean and again there's not a lot of great footage of those guys but whoever the players are now that you know are sort of passing away telling their stories and getting it archived I mean, that's the beauty of of the podcast from my standpoint. And and what you know archive.org if you ever want to hear if you ever want to hear where this show started there's a website called archive.org um, if you're not familiar with it. And, I mean, they've got a great a treasure trove of, of historical things, including you want to see America shift? The archive footage from ABC, NBC, CBS News, maybe even CNN and Fox News on September 11, 2001. I mean, they're going to break... Bryant Gumbel is is leading the Today Show, and we're getting ready to talk about uh, preparing our turkeys for you know Thanksgiving or for the fall or what redecorating your house into this new modern era of news coverage, the twenty four hour news cycle. Uh, at that time, you, you you went into it. You may remember this. They they went into um. What were the? It was like you were, were code green, code orange. You remember those uh, threat codes that existed? Uh, I they were, it was on the TV. Do you remember this? Like the, I don't know if it's called the standardized emergency codes, but it'd be like, oh, we're we're level yellow, we're yellow today, and that'd be on the bottom of your screen, like threat level yellow, threat level orange. I mean, that was a thing for a while. That was a thing when, when I was 20, 20, 23. And so, you know, looking at it, you know, archive.org has all of that stuff documented. But maybe unfortunately for me, 
TigerNet Talk Episode 1 exists. Yes. And uh, it's there. And as far as I know, it'll be there for eternity. It is 17 minutes of atrocious radio, audio, podcast, whatever. I don't even think we, I don't even think I, I realized really to call it a podcast at the time. But that 17 minutes of me talking about what the show was going to be, Steve Spurrier arriving in Columbia. Clemson, there was some recruit I can't even remember. I think out of, I think the kid ended up at Tennessee. We talked about. I've gone back every once in a while. <laughs> I should probably run it. I should probably run it on the air for you. Oh, it's a terrible, terrible seventeen minutes. But back then, let me tell you, part of the reason it sounded so bad was because there was no means to get it to the hosting site without shrinking the file size. I mean, the files still recorded at the same size as they do now, except you couldn't move them. You couldn't move a, a file that was too big. And so I had to like scale back the audio. It's worse than a telephone. Worse than, but, but getting that stuff on film, getting that stuff online, getting that stuff archived. Like I think right now the service that you see from the standpoint of JMI Sports, uh, from the, the, the service of uh, all the individuals involved, uh, is that you've got television to watch. You've got some sports to get into. You've got great guest commentary. You've got former player commentary. You're getting games that are recent, and, and, and you, you were either there or you watched it, you experienced it. But what I don't think they even recognize right now is what I'm telling you is the archiving of this stuff is what makes it so special. Like I don't go pop in the old DVR, you know, the, the VCR cassette tape of uh, Michael Jordan's Come Fly With Me or Magic Johnson's Always Showtime, but boy, am I thankful that we archived it and not now, then. If we archive it now, I don't want the memories to be ancient. The closer we can get the tapes to the, the the time that the thing happened, the better the influence and the you know the memories of what took place. And that game was spectacular. Number three Louisville, number five Clemson. Deshaun Watson going heads up against Lamar Jackson, Tim Beret. Tim Beret called it the greatest matchup of quarterbacks in Clemson history. And much like the first game that we we watched them put out, that, that Syracuse matchup in 2018, if Clemson doesn't beat Louisville that day, Louisville probably goes on to win the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship. Clemson's not in the ACC Championship game. That might mean that they're not in the playoffs and there's no national title. I mean, to hear them talk about the guys up front, like Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Fair, all the trash they were talking out of the gates to get into uh, to get into Lamar Jackson's head and the Jackson, how good he had been. Remember, he had sort of burst onto the scene. I think that was the year that uh, they had dominated Florida State, put up like 60 points against the Seminoles. I mean, it was ridiculous what he was doing. 
And then Clemson's up big. 28-10 at the half. The Tigers score five seconds left in the half to take a 28-10 lead. Man, they are feeling good. And Louisville goes on a 26-0 run in the second half. Sucks the life out of Death Valley. Big kickoff return sparks the Tigers. They get a touchdown. Don't get the extra point. But then maybe don't get the two-point conversion to tie. They do get the ball back. And then a 31-yard touchdown reception by Jordan Leggett. Uh, sort of a throwback. Clemson, they roll the pocket to the right. Leggett comes uh, across the defense towards the other side. Watson turns and, and, and fires it. Nice misdirection. A good-looking play. Leggett. Ironically, it's really been since that season that Clemson's had a dominant tight end, and you saw how valuable it was throughout that year, that play being one of those significant moments. You saw another big one against Florida State with Leggett that year. You saw another big one with Florida uh, with, with Leggett in the national championship game a couple of times. Hopefully this season, if the Tigers are on the gridiron, you see a tight end emerge. Like to see Braden Galloway become that type of player for Clemson this year and ultimately down the road, maybe a Jalen Lay. Whomever, really. I don't care who steps up. Somebody's got to give you that outlet for Trevor Lawrence and future quarterbacks at Clemson. But then just when you think after that touchdown, Clemson's got Louisville right where they want them. The wizardry of a of a guy like Lamar Jackson comes to the forefront. He drives him down the field. He hits James Quick. Quicks break it to the outside. Could cut inside and score. Instead, Marcus Edmonds forces him out of bounds. He's short. Clemson wins. And you add another feather into the Tiger cap of what's created the run of success that we've seen in recent years. Unbelievable. 803-450-0086. I mentioned soccer earlier in a big change I saw this weekend that I liked. I'll tell you about it right after this. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan with you on a Monday afternoon. William Qualkenbush on vacation, so uh, that means more me today. <laughs> and we were talking about the uh, the Clemson-Louisville game, the Clemson's greatest games. If you watched it, chime in. Let us know what you think or what you thought uh, this weekend. I, there was some great, great stuff that went on in that matchup, and uh, getting some sports on your television is always good, and, and we've seen some NASCAR recently with no fans. We've seen soccer with no fans. I told you, it was eerie watching soccer with no fans. And and honestly, this weekend, I, I was sitting around, and I said, you know what, I'm going to turn on another soccer match and just see what it's like. And it was um, you know one of the German leagues. And they were piping in fan sound. They, they were piping in noise. Now, they weren't reacting. This is what I said at the get-go when I talked about what I saw from uh, WrestleMania. And so, if you don't remember that conversation, you weren't here for it, that's okay. I'll break it down. So, WrestleMania this year didn't have fans. I thought it was horrible. I didn't watch all of it, but what I did see, thumbs down. Wrestling is not a sport that should be had with no fans. 
Now, one individual got smart, and he had WrestleMania on. And then in the background, he was playing, you know, he was playing the sounds that would be at a wrestling match. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so, watching his video footage of WrestleMania, and you could probably find it on YouTube, and watching the actual WrestleMania, which you might even be able to find that footage on YouTube, you go, oh, it's so much better with crowd noise. Even if they don't match up, like, even if you know there's a high spot in the wrestling match and the fans cheer really loud, but it's not happening on the TV, bah, who cares? In the Bundesliga, I think that's how you say it, or Liga, is piping in fan sounds. And so, you know, it's just your routine. And they're singing some, ch- they're chanting some songs. You know, they might sing. It's, it was amazing. It felt real. Every time they pulled away from the, 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 the field and you could see there was nobody in the stands, it was it was like, oh man, that is kind of strange. But it made the game much more enjoyable to watch. Part of the the dullness of watching sports without fans is the sound not being there. Adding it in made it feel, it made the game feel extremely normal. So I would encourage you, if you haven't seen that, go go Google it. See if you can find uh, any of these videos of of the Bundesliga or anybody piping in sound. That's the first time I've seen it. I understand it may have been around for a while, but I I had not seen that until this weekend, and it was enjoyable. And even NASCAR... The, the the cars are so loud. I don't know how much of the fans you can hear, but man, when the when the cars motor down a little bit, maybe have a little a little rumble of fans in the background. I don't care if it was a race from fifteen years ago. Normalcy is what people are seeking right now, more than anything else. And giving them sports without fans in the background making noise. Not actual humans, but the noise of fans strips away some of that normalcy. What do you call it in a, a, a like a clean room, like a sanitized environment in a hospital or whatever? That's what it feels like. And I'm sure if I'm going in for major surgery, I'd be excited about being in a very sanitary and clean environment and the doctor to come in from the same. After scrubbing scrubbing up. I don't want that on my television. For a sport. I, less sanitized. Give me more noise. Give me more real. <laughs> if you haven't seen those videos, though, it's awesome. Really cool stuff. 803-450-0086. 803-450-0086. Six. That is the text line. 
That is the phone line as well. And you can hit us up again on uh, your website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, where we got an archived interview from 2011 up right now where we talked with Jeff Scott, who at the time was a recruiting coordinator for the Clemson University football team. Now, remember, this is uh, this is Deshaun Watson's class. This is no national titles. This is, this is no college football playoffs yet. This is Clemson still building. Premium subscriber, $63.17. That's it. $0.18 cents a day if you love the show. You can go listen to that archived interview and hear what Jeff Scott had to say. You can go listen to that archived interview and hear what Jeff Scott had to say about the direction of the program, what Clemson did that year in the state of Georgia in terms of recruiting. And, and it's amazing because before you knew, before the national experts believed, Jeff Scott, Dabo Sweeney, Tony Elliott, Brent Venables, uh, those guys could see what was on the horizon. They knew, go listen to what Jeff Scott had to say again for our premium subscribers on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Again, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. I will be checking that during the break. It was, uh, I got a text message. I believe this is John in Archdale. He wants to know, was it Edmonds? That saved the season twice? Yes, Marcus Edmonds. Uh, not Edwards. Edmonds uh, saved the season twice that year. Had two big plays. Interception against uh, NC State. And also uh, that tackle there against Louisville that we talked about a little bit earlier here uh, on Clemson Sports Talk. 803 0086. Uh, last night, a 30 for 30 came out. And it's one that I think when we look back on it, and I didn't get to watch it yet, but I think it is one that we'll never forget where we were for all the right reasons. And we'll never forget where we were for all the wrong reasons as well. We'll talk about that when we get back here on Clemson Sports Talk, again, on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. Stay with us. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan on a Monday. Good to have you. Still doing the show from home. I don't know how long we're going to be doing it from home. I'll be honest. I don't mind it at all. And if I can get that soundboard set up and ready to rock and roll, because I've got the the same the same sounds. Look out! I may I may ask for permission <laughs> to do the show from here. Eight zero three four five zero 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 eighty six. So before the break, I, I mentioned that you know there was a a thirty for thirty that came out yesterday and um, two hours, as a matter of fact. I, I I'm going to watch it at some point this week. I know. But I'm not a huge baseball guy. I I have to come in my father. He played baseball collegiately. Uh, he had me play baseball when I was a kid. But when I wanted to stop, he didn't push me to keep playing it. And I, I look back on it and I wonder if I could have been you know, a pretty decent baseball player. But it, it just wasn't fast enough for me. 
So, from that standpoint, I haven't necessarily been in love with the game. And the strike-shortened season... Uh, was that what was that nine was that nineteen ninety four? That year for me, if I if I got the right year on that front, you would be talking about my senior year of high school. You're you're just kind of getting where you're you're going off to college, and this is a sport that because of one. The team that I, that I followed, which would have been the Atlanta Braves at the time, you're talking about a team that was playing for many years in my life in the NL West, which meant consistently series games against Los Angeles, against San Francisco, and against Houston that would have been starting later in the evenings. And as a young kid, you would have been allowed to stay up. Now, when they were playing games at home, a little bit different. When they were playing series against the the, the Mets or the Expos, etc., you could have watched those games. But So it wasn't a sport because of the fan base being Atlanta Braves fans that was overly conducive to being able to watch the games, first and foremost, when I was younger. You get to college, you're routinely going to bed at 2 o'clock. I think, at least I was. So I had time to watch. Would have been able to invest maybe if I had chosen to. But they had the strike, and it's kind of soured me. And then all of a sudden, you know, an unbreakable record. Babe Ruth's home run record. The, the, the thought process that it might be broken was beginning to loom. As you saw uh, McGuire and Sammy Sosa uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa going at this thing, back and forth. I mean, moonshots. Not to not to fail to mention that their heads look like they were the size of a of an overgrown watermelon, and that they completely changed the way they look. Also, like Barry Bonds would eventually do. Barry Bonds. You go back and look at Barry Bonds when. Uh, he was playing with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they had Sid Bream, and the Braves had Sid Bream and all that, or whoever. I can't remember the whole. Yeah, Sid Bream with the Braves, the Pirates. Uh, that NL, was that the uh, NLCS, I think, where Bream's coming around, look like, <laughs> look like Forrest Gump breaking out of the, breaking out of the uh, leg braces to come around the base, just hobbling. But looking back on all of that, how those guys changed their bodies, uh, it is the reason that I said you'll, I'll never forget where I was, and I'll never for the good and the bad. I was shaving. I lived at uh, one hundred eight Tillman Place in Clemson. Um, you know, shaving my face, and and my roommates were like, "Hey, McGuire's coming up to bat." And so I run in there with shaving cream half on my face, half off. I don't know. It must have been a Thursday night. I was probably getting ready to go out. And I watched Mark McGuire, you know, hit the home run that set the new all-time mark. I guess that was breaking what Roger Maris's record, actually, if my memory serves me correctly. I can't remember um, how that whole how that whole ordeal um, played out, but. I guess it was Maris had broken 
uh, Ruth, and then these guys were breaking Roger Maris. Maris had extra seasons. There was a lot of controversy around that. The great movie 61 uh, from HBO uh, put that together. So retract what I said about Babe Ruth earlier. Outside of you saw these guys coming towards this record that everybody thought was going to be unbreakable. And so from that standpoint, see it happen. It's like, wow, that's amazing at the time. And then everything starts to come out. And I listened to the show American Scandal that followed the it's the podcast that kind of follows the ins and the outs of the Balco issues and everything with Barry Bonds. And I got to tell you, like, you see Barry Bonds hit, what, 73? Or however many he hit? And it's just, it, it's absurd. It's, it feels phony. Um, and, and so did looking back on it, Sosa and, and McGuire when, you know, and that's without me even watching the 30 for 30. That's the way I felt for years about it. And now you got baseball and now you got baseball continuing to not be able to figure out how to get on the diamond when fans are, are, are wanting and needing sports. And so on and on we go, this circle of uh, you know, America's pastime, the sport that really defined our country before basketball had any influence, before football really had any influence, for whatever reason, it feels like about every 20 years, they can't get their stuff together and get out there and play the game. And so... From that standpoint, I'll never forget where I was when it happened. For the positive of witnessing the history of breaking Roger Maris's record to the negative. It, now, the run of those two guys was incredible. Sosa and McGuire going back and forth, just challenging each other. I mean, they, it was, that, was, that was nuts to watch. It was like a game of can you top this? But then... Uh, you look back on it for all the wrong reasons as well, and you just never forget. Never forget where I was because what happened. I could, and, and this just tells you how fake Barry Bonds was. I got no idea where I was when Barry Bonds broke uh, that record or set the all-time mark. None at all because it was so funky. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Did we get here on a Monday, the final segment of the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk? I can't tell you. 
I'm glad I caught myself in the uh, Babe Ruth, <laughs> Roger Maris deal, though. The other day, I didn't catch myself. I fixed it in the podcast, though. I said <laughs> melatonin. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners called it. Instead of melanin, talking about skin tones. Glad, glad that was called. Glad I could repair it in the podcast, but I had a good laugh. Thank goodness I recognized it. I said Babe Ruth's record and, and fixed it to Roger Maris. But yeah, th- those moments, and I can't wait to watch the 30 for 30. Uh, I actually watched the 30 for 30 last night, the one about Reggie Miller and uh, the Indiana Pacers taking on the New York Knicks. And you know I'm a Pat Ewing guy. I've told you that in the past. I was a Pat Ewing guy growing up. Had the Pat Ewing poster above my bed for whatever reason. I mean, I was a Laker. I was Magic in, in that group all the way. But there was a point where I really was fascinated with the interior post play of Pat Ewing and Akeem Elijah one. Don't ask me why. I just was. And in, in that game, you know, and it wasn't the conference finals, by the way. The Magic ended up beating uh, Indiana, if my memory serves me correctly. And the Magic, with a young Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway, go to the finals and get beat by Houston. Uh, as Houston wins their second consecutive title. But I, I bring that up to kind of mention the fact that, you know, Pat Ewing never won a title either. And he's going in for the layup. And I mean, li- literally, a layup. And bounces off the back iron. I'll never forget that. I I, I, I wasn't rooting, quote-unquote, against the Pacers because they had Dale Davis. But with Michael Jordan out of the league, I I think I was secretly rooting for at least the Knicks with... Pat Ewing to go up against Shaquille O'Neal and the Orlando Magic. It felt like a changing of the guard in the NBA. Like you had, this was still when the big man was a dominant force. This was still when the big man was an integral part. This was when the big man with the back to the basket was banging in the post and doing work. And I'm not sure we've ever seen a force more unstoppable in the NBA than Shaquille O'Neal in his prime with the Los Angeles Lakers. It was just bully ball. Maybe, maybe. Wilt Chamberlain. And I'm not talking about from the dominant standpoint that we saw from a guy like Bill Russell. Uh, from just a, a height standpoint and a skill set standpoint. Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from a height and a skill set and a skyhook. I'm talking about literally... Oh, you two guys are going to guard me? I'm just going to dunk on you. I don't know that it's ever been as dominant as what we saw from Shaq's power by comparison to his contemporaries and probably Wilt's power by comparison to his contemporaries, especially a little later in Wilt's career where uh, he, had, he had put on more, more, more bulk uh, and poundage than he had initially when he was with Philadelphia. So... From from that standpoint, you know, looking at this weekend and, and all the the stuff I've been diving into, golly, that's that that Reggie Miller where he hits a three, gets a steal, hits a three. The presence of mind scores eight points in like the last fifteen seconds. Whew, my son couldn't believe it. I mean, he's looking at the clock. I mean, he's looking at the score, and he's like, "What? What do you mean they're down? 
What are they down? Six points with 15 seconds left. This game's over, Dad. Nah, not yet, son. I've been telling you your whole life, it ain't over till it's over. Till that clock hits all zeros. Tate George can still hit the game winning shot. Oh, heartbreak. Yeah, just stick the old knife in and turn it. Crank it up. The pain, the pain in Cliff Ellis's voice when we talked to him about that shot. Oh, still this day. But that, I mean, that's the thing. Right now, we're consuming so much old stuff and, and great, great history and lessons out there. Now, there is some news today out of Oklahoma State I saw just a few minutes ago. Chuba Hubbard, star running back for uh, the Oklahoma Cowboy, Oklahoma State Cowboys, says that he will not participate in workouts uh, moving forward because of his uh, head coach's shirt that he was wearing on a fishing excursion, uh, championing or at least supporting the OAN network. Um, Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard said he won't associate himself with the school uh, after that, he said this is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. Uh, Dabo Sweeney faced some backlash, uh, as you know, previously for wearing a Football Matters shirt with the National Football Foundation's message across the front, which is since uh, changing that message, by the way, or changing that uh, moniker. Now, you may not know uh, OAN News, but uh, I'll tell you, it stands for, I believe, R. American New One America News Network and um, Cuba Hubbard now says he won't be doing anything for Oklahoma State uh, after Mike Gundy was caught wearing that shirt. So uh, this will be something to watch. Hubbard again, essentially saying, if that's the shirt you're wearing, uh, you don't recognize what's going on today because of the message that. Uh, he believes one American news is spreading. So that'll be something to watch over the next 22 hours. We got to hit the road, though. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And until then, as always, y'all take care now and go Tiger. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.